0: Hello, hello! Welcome back to the Balance One Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host Jordan Younger, and today we have got a very special guest, as we often do. And today's guest is none other than James McRae of Words Are Vibrations on Instagram. He is a poet a meme artist, he calls himself actually a post-apocalyptic poet, which is something that I meant to talk to him about. We just finished the conversation and we went in so many amazing directions. And he's just a very high vibrational writer. You probably know him from his fantastic memes all over Instagram. I see his stuff being shared right and left. I share his stuff all the time. And he is also an author of the book, Shit Your Ego Says. Which, as you can imagine, is amazing. And he has an amazing manifestation story that goes along with getting that book published with Hay House. And then his new book, which is a poetry and meme book. Have you guys ever read a book of memes and poetry together? Probably not. And it is called How to Laugh in Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis. And I told him right away, he had me at the title because it's all about being a human in these strange times. It's playful. It's inspirational. It's high vibe. It's written in a very conversational way and his go-to ironic sense of humor. And honestly, everybody just needs to read it. I was finding myself laughing out loud, reading about relationships with robots and just these larger questions of what are we doing here? Are we um are we on this planet because we're on some divine mission, or are we here because we're caught in some karmic loop of you know just memories like all that different stuff? It really, really resonated with me as someone who thinks constantly about existential living and lifetimes and what we're doing here, and he's largely influenced, yeah. His experiences with plant medicine, which is something that I can also relate to. And he's also a longtime writer and poet who draws inspiration from the 1950s beatnik poets. I just love talking to him. I have to tell you guys, when we were doing this interview, I was in bed. I was having like pregnancy hot flashes and brain fog. So, We'll see how I kept up my end of the conversation, but I can promise you that he kept up his end of the conversation well enough for both of us. He was so fantastic to talk to. He lives in Austin. He is engaged to a beautiful woman named Britta, who I had the pleasure of getting a facial from before the pandemic. She's the founder of Wildling Beauty And from the couple's photos that I've seen of them on Instagram, which is not a lot, um, they're both always kind of posting about their brand and and all of their their work stuff. Um, They're just such a beautiful couple. And I was telling him at the end, Jonathan and I can't wait to hang out with them one day when we are in the same place. And he's just awesome. So check him out at Words Are Vibrations, James McCray. And definitely order his book. We talk about really interesting things in this conversation beyond poetry, which we do get into. I love getting to talk to writers on this podcast. Um, we talk a lot about technology and virtual reality and this whole like Facebook is now rebranded to meta. And I barely even like knew that because I t- completely live on a different planet when it comes to a lot of... Um, stuff that most people know, but talking to him about it, I could have talked to James about it all day. He has fascinating, fascinating knowledge about technology. And I didn't even tell him this, but when he was talking, it was giving me a flashback to one of my ayahuasca ceremonies when um, I saw this entire vision of like technological robots merging with humans in this effort to help each other and make the world a more sustainable place. And one day I will talk all about that, but because time doesn't exist, I felt like when he was talking about it, it was bringing up those memories and emotions in me. And it was just amazing. So very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. And before we get into it, I would love to thank our sponsor for today's show, the lovely, lovely Art of Tea. I am loving Art of Tea lately. They are my favorite, favorite brand of organic teas. They're based in Los Angeles, which you know I love the most, literally more than anything. And of course, we have a deal for you guys, which I'm going to share with you before I talk a little bit more about the brand And the deal is the discount code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E. And that will get you 20% off your entire purchase at artoftea.com until the end of next month. So if you're thinking of gifts right now, which I know a lot of people are, What better gift than the Wellness Collection from Art of Tea? Their Wellness Collection has handcrafted tea blends rooted in Ayurvedic principles that are designed to help target specific needs. Their Wellness Tea Sampler Pack brings together their Cleanse Tea, Feel Better Tea, Happy Tea, and Sleep Tea. And you can also purchase anything else in the Wellness Collection for 20% off using that code BLONDE. So... Something that I love about this company is that they believe in only using the highest quality ingredients and they source all of their teas from the top 2% of all teas produced in the world. So you guys know I'm so picky. I'm so, so, so picky when it comes to anything that I put into my body from food to beverages to supplements to tea. And what I love about them is that they produce their own tea bags in-house. So they're organic, they're natural, they don't have microplastics in them, we don't have to worry about anything. They're simply quite amazing. There's a reason that they are an award-winning organic tea company and I love that they're on a mission to impact as many lives as possible through healthy, delicious, and sustainable blends of tea. So like I said, you can use that code BLONDE for 20% off your entire purchase at artoftea.com. That's A-R-T-O-F-T-E-A dot com. And you can also find that discount code in the show notes enjoy and let this product ground you and bring you these beautiful moments of peace, serenity, and joy. Now let's get into this episode with James. James, I'm so happy that you're here. It's so good to see your face after just absolutely loving all of your memes and your artwork and your poems for so long. It's amazing to connect.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to finally meet you. And uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. So I've been reading your new book, which I have right here. It is so good. And is this officially out into the world yet? Or do I have an early copy?
1: You did have an early copy and it is officially out. November 1st uh, was the official release date. So it is out there in the world, available on Amazon and wherever wherever books are sold.
0: That's so fantastic. Well, I should have known that. But like I told you, I'm eight and a half months pregnant. I've just been in Hawaii and like a total vortex. My final travel before this baby so I feel like I'm just re-entering the world right now which is something I feel like you can probably relate to homesick aliens
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: the name of your podcast the homesick <laughs> alien club
1: home, homesick alien club yeah we're all just uh homesick aliens you know longing for the the home planet that's uh, really just inside of ourselves
0: I know. I think that's so beautiful, the way that you put that. And your podcast is new, correct? It came out this summer?
1: It, it is. You know, I've had, I've dabbled with podcasting for the past couple years, but I've never really fully committed to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, like branding is so important and having the right name and the right logo. So when I had the idea for Homesick Alien Club, like it finally clicked. And I, I saw it as a podcast that I could really build a community around, you know, and find like like-minded people because I think so many people feel in our own way, like homesick for another planet, just in, a, in an abstract sense. So now that I have Homesick Alien Club, now I'm like, you know, more committed to being a podcaster and kind of like dedicating myself to doing that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty full time, isn't it? It's a lot of it really is. It's a lot of energy, and it's such a beautiful way because the community shows up, and once the community is there, you really you have people to talk to. Like it's so cool. It's it's so crazy, and I'm so it's happy. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you. You know, I'm I've been a writer my whole life, and I'm very comfortable with the written word, and I'm always putting my writing out there on Instagram and in books. So it's really important also just to get your actual voice out there. And you can you can you can just communicate with people in a so in a so much more intimate way um through the spoken word. So I'm just like it's not it's not something that feels entirely comfortable for me yet. So it's a good uh you know growth exercise for me to get you know comfortable putting myself out there with the spoken word as well as the written word.
0: Yeah, it's so good for you. I mean, I'll tell you, I've been podcasting for five years, also a writer. So from a writer to writer, I don't know if it ever gets super comfortable. There's, it's so much more comfortable for me to be, to be writing, to be blogging. But when I started this podcast five years ago, I feel like it's when people really got to know me. Although I had already been blogging for about five years. So after that, people people knew me they knew my relationships my family my personality in a way that just doesn't always come across through writing so i'll be interested to see your journey i'm excited to keep listening and so for everyone who's here who does not know you yet tell us a little bit about what you do and your incredible instagram account and all the great things
1: yeah so i'm basically a writer, a poet, an author, and a meme artist, I've always been kind of balancing both the, 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 the written forms of art as well as the visual forms of art. So I've, I went to art school. I used to work professionally as a graphic designer. I worked in advertising for like 15 years as a graphic designer and as a brand strategist. And while I was doing that, I really started to explore spirituality. And I discovered, you know, like Buddhism and Kundalini yoga uh, while living in New York City. And because one thing about living in New York City, which I I, I lived there for eight years, if you want to have like a healthy, you know, like good mental health and just like, a, you know, overall spiritual well-being, you have to really be committed to it because your external world is so there's so much stress and pressure all around you so it really is like like a boot camp for mindfulness and spirituality um so i went really deep into i i went through like a kundalini yoga teacher training um went deep into different you know buddhist trainings and that's where i discovered um, plant medicines and things along those lines and Essentially, I opened myself up to um, a deeper levels of creativity than I really had access to when I was just like a graphic designer, because you know the, 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 the spiritual exploration I was doing just expanded my consciousness and allowed me to tap into just deeper levels of creativity. And that's where um, my first book came from. My first book was called Shit Your Ego Says. Um that came out a few, a few years ago. And that was kind of my, um, that was published through Hay House. uh, And I became, you know, really like set the um, foundation for a new career as a writer, as an, and as an author. And I was actually working on the follow-up to shit your ego says uh, when the pandemic hit. And I was at that point, I had, I had moved to California and That was really strange because I was working on a book that was really about kind of optimizing your career with spirituality and mindfulness. And it seemed like the the world had been turned upside down. And it seemed like people's problems were so big at that time and still now that writing a book about like optimizing your career with mindfulness ju- just didn't seem to be the message that people needed. So I really started to, to, to go even deeper while I was stuck in quarantine in Los Angeles. And, you know, as a, as a, as a kid, I had written a lot of poetry, but I had stopped writing poetry for many years while I was pursuing my career. And uh, suddenly while I was trying to express the weird state of the world, you know, the the pandemic, the social unrest, the riots that were happening all around the world, all of the conspiracy theories that were popping up all over the internet, you know, it was, it was a really weird time. And I was looking for the language to communicate what was going on in the world and I actually returned to poetry because it was the only way I could make sense of the world with some nuance and balance and insight. So all of this kind of new poetry started just pouring through me. And at that same time as when I started making uh, Internet memes, because we've all seen memes, memes get passed around the Internet all the time. I had never really made my own memes before. But again, the the world was so crazy that memes gave me a new creative form of expression that allowed me to say things I couldn't say otherwise. Mm -hmm. you, 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 You could come out and say, oh, the world is crazy, this and that. But there's something about a meme with the funny visual and the caption that just express more than you can express with regular words, right?
0: Yes, I totally agree. That's why it it resonates with so many people, your memes, because it's so funny. It's what so many of us are thinking and it's some challenging truths that we're dealing with in this world right now, living in some crazy times. So I think it's incredible that you pivoted to being a meme artist and also to poetry because poetry is the soul. It's like the language of the soul. So you really just came back to a whole different way to express yourself.
1: Yeah, and I really try to combine the two, you know, poetry and memes. So in other words, how can you make poetry that is catchy and shareable and, you know, internet friendly, but then how can you make memes that are that are deep and soulful and spiritual and meaningful? So I really started just um, you know, playing around with these formats as my new uh, you know, creative expression and and that was, you know, what led to me completing the new book that just came out, which is called How to Laugh in Ironic Amusement During Your Existential Crisis. So it was yes. really born from the pandemic and all the craziness. Uh, and then it's a combination of these poems and memes that I've created over the past year.
0: I love it. Well, you had me at the title. I told you that when we were messaging on Instagram. I'm like, you are speaking to my soul. Teach me how to laugh during these crazy times. So I absolutely love that. And I think it's so it's so true what you're saying to make all of this internet art very deep in a way that it speaks to people, but make poetry kind of so light that it also res- resonates with everyone is, is such a gift. And it reminds me, so before I started my blog, I was actually in grad school for creative writing in New York. And um, I took a poetry class, although I was there for novel writing, And the whole um, attitude of poetry at that time in New York was, because I already had my Instagram and I followed all these incredible poets on Instagram, I would do presentations about them. Tyler Knott Gregson, Atticus Poetry, and my teachers, but these old school professors, they would just say, this is not poetry. Poetry requires like years of editing and all of this stuff. And ultimately, I left this whole entire graduate school program because none of that spoke to me at all. I was like, well, I'm writing on the internet. It might not be poetry, but it's doing pretty well. And (laughs) there's actually quite an audience for it out there. And so this was close to a decade ago. And there was just this huge attitude. So. I definitely, I love what you're doing. I've seen the art in it for a long time. And is this something that you ever run into? Like that type of people who say writing or real writing has to be edited and like you have to blood, sweat and tears over it, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think art And poetry are funny in that you know the the best art and the best writing and the best poetry i think they they are born organically in the human spirit and you'll get these periods of time that are just like you know these like hot moments of like the moment the right moment hits in the right place and you know creativity just pours out of people like i think of like New York City in the late 70s early 80s when like um hip hop was born and like punk rock music was born and there was like graffiti art and you know all this stuff was just you know it was it was from the street it was from the the people it was from it wasn't like um put on a pedestal in a museum but now that stuff is on a pedestal in a museum, you know, like Jay-Z recently like performed at, I think it was the MoMA or like the Met or something. And it's like, now it is considered really high art. And now there's gatekeepers around, you know, certain kinds of art and, and poetry is the same way. I think that there's different kinds of poetry. There's, there's poetry that is born from, you know, organically from the human spirit. And then there's very stuffy academic, poetry and i think that you know the the stuff that's born organically from the human spirit you know years down the road then that becomes maybe the stuffy academic poetry and then they need you need new writers and new poets to come along and break down those barriers once again so you know my influences as a poet were primarily the the beatnik writers of the 50s you know alan Ginsberg and jack kerouac and william burroughs and because it and when i read that when i was in high school it just opened my eyes because there was it was the first poetry i had ever read that was speaking my language they were talking about television and jazz music and they were using profanity and it it, it was just so much more immediate and relatable so That really stuck with me. And they were also very honest and vulnerable. Like I almost think of it now, like reading some of those poets, knowing what I know now, it it, it almost seems like they're transmuting the trauma of the world through the catharsis of expression. They were saying things that was taboo to say. And in doing so, they were healing like themselves and their readers because they were taking away the stigma around mental health and drugs and sex that we had in the 50s. So anyway, this kind of raw form of poetry and expression really stuck with me, so I wanted to write poetry that was you know, just that that kind of re- relatable and honest and using the direct language that we use and it might not be something that a college professor would appreciate now but what's more important to me is connecting with my readers and you know writing something that's that they're going to love to read but that is also going to have like a deeper insight that sticks with them so it's kind of always a challenge but i think that's the the art that's more meaningful than stuff that just seems like it's already old when it's written. I think art should feel new and fresh and young and vibrant. Yes. And that's, that, that's what I'm trying to do with my art.
0: Yes, you're doing such a good job. That's such a good point that in years from now, this kind of stuff is going to be iconic. The professors are going to be saying, remember Instagram and remember when people were making memes and that whole type of technology existed. You're totally right. Plus, I'm completely with you. I mean, I never resonated with what those professors were saying. And I always kind of felt that they were kind of threatened by this huge new wave of what was happening with technology. I mean, they completely told me, if you, if you want to be a serious writer, you better stop blogging. You better just shut down that website because you should be focusing here and it was just so funny because honestly, I was like, why would I do that when I have people reading my writing? And isn't that the goal of this whole program? And you know, we could go on and on about that. But I totally, I think so much of what you said is so beautiful. And that is what you're doing now is really like what you looked up to those poets of the 50s for, which is talking about subjects that are pretty taboo. It's something I'm so excited to have you on because you are just an honest truth teller. All right, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode with James McRae to talk about Cured Nutrition, my favorite CBD company that is in existence. And as you know, the only CBD that I currently use and the only CBD that I have used in a really long time. Um, And the reason for that is because I absolutely trust them and because I love their founder and CEO, Joe Sheehy, who's been on the podcast. And because when it comes to CBD it can be kind of hard to ensure purity and potency because this industry has just exploded. And since CBD doesn't get you high and there's no THC in it, it has anti-inflammatory properties. It can have pain relief. It can help you sleep. There's stress reduction with CBD. You really want to make sure you're taking a pure and potent product. And with Cured Nutrition, I trust them. 10 times out of 10, they are amazing. Their mint tincture is what I live for. I cannot wait to start taking it again when I'm no longer pregnant. They also have their Rise, their Zen, and their Aura capsules which are a combination of mushrooms and nootropics and also CBD, CBD of course. And then they have something very exciting that they just just launched, which is their Cured Elevated Elixirs. Since Cured is on a mission to help people feel their best through progressive, forward-thinking CBD... As well as functional mushrooms and nootropics, they have invented their new elevated elixir line. And that's because we live in an overstimulated, overcaffeinated world. And they want to show every human that we really don't need excessive amounts of caffeine to obtain clear headed, natural energy. So their elevated elixir, their first one that they came out with is Euphoria. It tastes amazing. Jonathan drinks it all the time. And I steal sips. And when I'm not pregnant anymore, I will get to drink them in abundance. And it is so good, you guys. It will give you clear-headed, euphoric energy, mood enhancement to help you beat the afternoon slump, and it's full of nootropics, CBD for stress reduction, and adaptogens for wakeful relaxation. It also tastes incredible. I know you guys are going to love it. You can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, on their website for all of their products. And I've been getting a million questions about CBD and pregnancy, and that's really just an intuitive thing. I have been taking a bit of CBD here and there, but what I'm mostly using is the CBD pain salve from Cured right now. And when I'm no longer pregnant, we'll go back to all of the amazing products. So use that code BLONDE, B L O N D E, at slash blonde to shop your heart out. Also, their bundles make amazing holiday gifts. So with the holidays coming up, that's something to think about too. Now let's get back into this episode with James McCrae. So how does it feel to kind of definitely um, speak the truth slash piss people off? Like all that stuff. It's hard. Like I can just say, like, I'm a sensitive person. I try to do the same thing. It's really hard. So how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, it's a delicate balance because the truth can be... You know, um, upsetting to some people, and I say truth. You know, let's just, I, I you know, what's true to me, and 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 to yeah, you know, we all to, have to, our own truth. To, 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 to my perspective, and I and I and I and I, I try to acknowledge that things are. I, I try I try to look at everything from multiple perspectives, right? And I, but I do challenge different forms of. Kind of dogma, or just um, just different blind spots that people might have. What whatever it is, whether it's politics or spirituality, I I I. It, and 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 part of it is because memes, memes are kind of provocative by nature, because we are talking about like an art form that was born from the internet, and the internet is like. It's, it's kind of a, it's a subversive kind of ironic, sarcastic place. And if you go on social media, especially like a lot of memes really originate from like Reddit and like weird Twitter pages and like sites like 4chan and like just weird places. And they're often anonymous. So like meme culture and internet culture is by nature a little bit, you know, it's a little bit sarcastic and subversive. So that's kind of the nature of the art form. Like it's hard to have, like, I guess there are some really wholesome memes and that's, and that's nice too. And some of my memes are, are, are a little bit wholesome, but I do try to use them a bit as a tool to, to poke and provoke and with love. Right. Because I try, I, the, you know, my 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 Instagram name is is words are vibrations, and and I try to 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 stay true to that. Not to say that I can't, you know, say things that are you know use some dark humor or, you know, say things that aren't super quote unquote high vibration, right? But I do my best to say things in a way that's going to, even if I'm going to poke and provoke at a certain ideology or belief system. I do my best to do it in a way that is with respect and love instead of putting anyone down and that's a challenge uh just as a as a writer because it's it's made me because I, I I have in my work you know made memes that have pissed some people off and then i I learn from that and I grow and I either there's been a few things that I've taken down because I, I recognize that it was maybe more offensive than I had previously thought, and then I maybe I set a new boundary for myself, and I'm like that—that's maybe too far for me to go in terms of the message I want to put out into the world. So I, I learn maybe that's not the message I want to put out. And other times, uh, it—I might get pushed back, but it makes me more believe even more in what I'm saying. And I'm like, this might upset you, but I believe in this and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to, I might, I might respond and kind of, you know, defend my point of view. I might not. Um, but really it's, it, 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 you only have so many words to use in a little poem or on a meme. And it's just made me a much better writer to have to be just how do I phrase this? Because you can okay. phrase things different ways and you can upset people. So I try to phrase things in a way where I can get what I consider true across without, you know, stepping in a landmine of social media backlash, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's it's a tight, it's kind of a tightrope walk at some at at some times, but you know, that 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 I think that ultimately that just makes me a better writer because I've got to be, you know, word things in a way that's very conscious.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. That's a whole art form in itself to find the way to phrase things, to speak your truth and kind of push against these societal norms without really, really, really pissing so many people off or getting censored, which is a whole other thing. Is that something that you've experienced during this time?
1: You know, luckily I haven't. Uh, I, 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 cause when I, I, I address politics from a pretty high level point of view, or I, I try to get to like the, you know, what's the truth behind the politics or what's the spiritual idea behind the political idea. So I, I try to, to deal with things on that level, on the spiritual level, on the level of consciousness, as opposed to. Getting right into like heated, heated polit- political topics. Mm-hmm. So thank God, because I, I mean I know so many people, friends who have who are shadow banned or who have gotten their accounts taken away uh, for really no reason other than they rubbed someone the wrong way, and it could be anything. I mean I've had friends I've got I've had friends that, that run meme accounts that have been kicked off of Instagram for making, you know. Memes that had sex jokes, like not like nothing even bad right? And, or, or, or anything to do with politics or even now, it seems like even talking about, you know, natural health is is taboo. So it, there, there's a lot of landmines out there. And luckily, I haven't been, um, you know, censored by Instagram. My Twitter was deleted last really? year. Yeah. Why? No clue. I, I post the same things I post on Instagram. It's mostly memes and poetry. One day my account was just gone with no explanation. Hmm. And it was, it was during a time when a lot of accounts were being kicked off. So I'm sure it was an, an, an algorithm or an AI that kicked me off. It wasn't like a person, but there's there was literally no justification for it other than, you know, I got just lumped in with the wrong bunch at that time, but um, I've got a new one now, but yeah, it's, it's dangerous times out there, uh, especially if you want to, you know, be a truth teller.
0: Absolutely. It's hard to kind of find that line for sure, but I'm with you speaking about things in a more conscious spiritual way behind, um, the actual you know topics that are getting really, really censored that 's what I try to do too, to the point where people think they might know where I stand on a lot of things, but I've never even said, but they probably know. I think a lot of us here in this kind of high vibe conscious community, oh yes, we see each other, <laughs> we see each other for sure, and the people listening do too it's definitely a frequency that you feel when somebody else you know, thinks in a like-minded way. And it is scary. Like I spend so much time thinking about how much social media has changed over the years and how much the world has changed. And when I started blogging all those years ago, it was just a different landscape. There was no such thing as this like horrific cyber bullying and canceling people for doing next to nothing. Um I miss it. I miss it a lot. And it makes me think about what will be my next step after all this. It's yeah, it's so wild.
1: Yeah. The internet, the internet has changed a lot. I, I definitely mentioned blogging. I, I definitely miss the the old days of blogging. You know, I still I-
0: blog. <laughs> I, I keep it very old school. Somebody just sent me a message like right before we started this, Thank you for still blogging. I miss those days, all that kind of stuff. That's just what makes me happy.
1: Yeah, it's great and it's great to, you know, you could you, you can only spit so much on a social media post. So, so mm-hmm. sometimes you you need that long form content. But yeah, in general I just think that you know, the internet has just become a little more corporatized. Yeah, you know, that for, is for true. for years. I mean, I'm I'm sure the people that were on the internet in the 90s were like that was when it was really the wild wild west you know like yeah. with chat rooms and weird websites or whatever yeah. so <laughs> it's it's kind of just gradually gotten a little more you know corporatized mm-hmm. so hopefully hopefully we have the, the you know the wave breaks at some point and we can you know because i i love technology i think the internet is such a wonderful tool you know we wouldn't know each other without the internet yeah but um we want to make sure that you know these 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 tools are you know Decentralized and are are supporting, you know, human expression rather than, you know, limiting human expression. So mm-hmm. hopefully the wave kind of breaks and we can, you know, um, balance out the the censorship and the the corporate nature of social media um, before too long.
0: I hope so. I hope so. You posted something I liked the other day, which was just about kind of humans being in an awkward relationship with technology right now and how you see a future. That is much more fluid where maybe we're not glued to our phones or that's what I took from it. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So um, I've been having a lot of conversations about technology recently because, you know, I guess probably similar to you, you know, most of my friends are, um, you know, spiritual people, you know, um, and I, you know, my background is always, you know working with the internet you know as a graphic designer and you know the the internet was always just part of my you know life and i've always just kind of thought you know good things about it i guess and one thing i've re I, i've i've noticed recently now that technology is kind of becoming so much more prevalent in our lives is that there's there there's a certain fear around technology in terms of where it's going or has it become too big or is 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 technology a distraction from our spirituality and this is this is coming up now even more lately because um facebook is just rebranded their corporate company to being called meta instead Mm -hmm. of facebook and they are they're essentially introducing a concept to build a kind of a virtual reality world, like where, like you know, right now we're going onto our phones to to go, to check Facebook, to check Instagram. Um, they're essentially imagining a world of artificial intelli- or uh, art, yeah, artificial intelligence and virtual reality where we can interact in essentially a virtual w- world with each other and and work and hang wow. out and do all this in, in in virtual reality. And that is that that can be really scary um, for people to think about. And uh, I've had a lot of conversations with people around, you know, all of this, all social media, all the internet, especially the metaverse, which is coming next. This is all a distraction from our spirituality. And in truth, we all have the ability to communicate telepathically with with our own just our own nature, if if, if all of these distractions were taken away and we lived in harmony together in a natural environment, we we have we have the technology within us to do everything we need to do. And that sounds great and that's a lovely sentiment. And I, I, I do challenge it slightly and' I've, and I've gotten some you know arguments with friends about this because I think that technology, when used correctly, could actually be part of our evolution as humans. And. You know, I think it's 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 there for a reason, I I don't think I think it's, you know, maybe as we raise our consciousness as humanity, we, we, we gain more and more access to this technology and it's actually here to help serve us, I mean, Again, we can meet people all around the world right now and communicate and share ideas. I think it's a beautiful thing. I don't think it should be controlled and censored the way it is now. But I think in the right hands, technology can be incredibly beneficial to humanity. And I think one of the, you know, challenges now is that we're all kind of glued to our screens, so it seems unnatural, right? Yep. Um, but. I think we're, we're just in an awkward transition. You know, we, fifty years ago, we, we didn't even have these screens, and and now we can access the internet and technology through these screens. And this this technology is accelerating so quickly that I'm willing to bet we're going to evolve past the need to use screens, where there might be some kind of a virtual overlay um, with real reality, so we can both interact with the real world and also the virtual world in a more seamless way where it will be natural and it will be integrated with nature. And I really think that building a world like this is actually something that can help save and restore the earth. Because if you think of all of the industry that's built over the physical world and all of the, you know, the oil drilling and all of the manufacturing and the huge, you know, footprint that our economy has over the natural world. That's caused a lot of destruction to the earth. If we're more reliant on the digital world, that actually alleviates a lot of the pressure and pain that we're currently putting on the earth. Um, One, one story that I think speaks to this is something that I heard from the philosopher Terrence McKenna, who's one of my favorite I love teachers. Him. Yeah, he's, if anyone's not familiar with Terence McKenna, I re- recommend going to YouTube and searching for his talks and interviews because he's just such a sm- smart and well-spoken person. He'll just, he'll blow your mind again and again. But one thing he said, he, he was a, a strong advocate of, um plant medicine like especially psilocybin and once he took a very 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 large what he called a heroic dose of psilocybin and he had a vision of the future and this vision he saw a a, like a tribe of basically a tribe of people living in the jungle and they were one with nature and You know, their their physical surroundings were pristine and they were just living in harmony with each other and with nature. And there was no footprint of industry anywhere around them. But when these people closed their eyes, they got access behind their eyelids to this entire virtual world where anything was possible in this, you know, digital realm, essentially. And... That's kind of an exaggeration of what I'm talking about, but that kind of points the picture to how technology and nature can actually live in harmony i I think we're in an awkward stage of transition, but I do think that it's leading us somewhere mm-hmm. um, that is beneficial for us and our and our evolution as a species and uh, um, it's it's transitions are never easy. Um, but I do think that technology is ultimately here to serve us, not to enslave us.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that point of view. I'm so happy that I asked you that question. You're so knowledgeable about all these things that are happening. I mean, virtual reality, the metaverse, all of it, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting time to be alive, certainly.
0: Just a brief interruption from this amazing conversation with James to talk about my absolute favorite, plant-based meal delivery service company, which you guys guessed it, is Sakara. So if you're looking to change your diet instead of restricting what you eat, what if you focus on nourishing your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food? With Sakara, you're putting the best in your body so that you can feel amazing. And with the holidays coming up, I know that a lot of us are extra busy and it can be even harder to find that time in the kitchen. So if you don't have a lot of extra time, Sakara has got you. They are a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients that are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. What I love about Saqqara is that their menu changes every single week, so you'll never get bored. You won't be receiving the same breakfast, lunch, or dinner all the time. And they're also rotating chefs. So different chefs are coming in with different ideas and different cuisines, different backgrounds, different cultures. I think that's really cool, too. So along with their delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers their daily wellness essentials. You've probably heard me talk about their metabolism super powder, which is my literal number one favorite. You guys, I live for the metabolism super powder. It has cacao in it. It's amazing. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. They have also received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off of their first order. When you go to sakaracom slash balanced or enter the code BLONDE20, that's B-L-O-N-D-E 20, at checkout. That's Saqqara.com slash balanced to get 20% off your first order or just enter the code BLONDE20. Saqqara.com slash balanced, BLONDE20 enjoy. You could also send this meal delivery as a gift or their daily wellness essentials as a gift to someone that you love this holiday season. Now let's hop back into this episode with James. I too am a huge fan of psilocybin, plant medicine, etc. I know you are too. And the first time that I ever took psilocybin, I guess you could also call it a heroic dose. It was not on purpose to take that much. I had no idea how much I was supposed to be taking. and I was with my husband, who was not my husband yet, and he you know he was doing this stuff all the time, and he said, "Just take this much. this is how much I always take." Well, I'm a pretty tiny person, totally different, you know, everything, took all of it and also had some pretty. Epic visions of the future, the past, nature, just how seamless all of the seasons are with each other, just how much time is an illusion that really, really cracked me open into my spiritual journey and my healing journey. So, what are your experiences with plant medicine?
1: Yeah. Um, So, I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota. So I was not exposed to any drugs whatsoever um, for a while. Even when I was living in Minneapolis, there wasn't really much around me. But I was introduced to stuff like this um, after moving to New York City. So uh, and it it's 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 just funny how you move to, you know, it's so important to expand your horizons and like move to different places and experience different cultures and and societies because your mind can expand so much. And yeah, my first time doing psilocybin well, I was um it wasn't a heroic dose, but I was I was alone in Central Park. And it was just kind of like definitely eye-opening where I saw just you know the whole movie of my life kind of on unfolding and it it just makes you basically see your life and 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 your situation from a 30,000 foot view and it just really helps kind of to put everything into context and 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 for me it just kind of shows me the purpose of every one in my life and what my role is and You know it just helps to clarify everything um for me Mm -hmm. um, when i do that and so i've done psilocybin uh a handful of times and uh and then ayahuasca probably has been the other biggest teacher that i've had and i've done ayahuasca both in new york city uh, and in peru and that is another you know extremely uh, wise teacher Mm. and it's not always, you know, the most pleasant experience, but, you know, I I would describe it almost as before doing something like that, it's like driving in a car with maybe a, a dirty windshield. And then it's essentially the next day. It's like, you suddenly have a clean windshield Mm -hmm. or like you just, you can, you, you, you understand yourself and the world around you with with so much more clarity and insight. Yes. And your your ego is kind of put in check momentarily and you can have more of a direct connection with reality without that busy thinking ego, you know, getting in the way and kind of cluttering up your perception and experience of reality.
0: I totally agree. It just lifts that veil, that veil between us and the rest of the world. It's so powerful, I love it. I love it. So, what has been? What What would you say is one of your biggest takeaways from ayahuasca?
1: You know, I'll I'll tell a quick story. Uh, fr- from the the last time I did ayahuasca was uh, in early 2019, and I was in Peru, and we we did ayahuasca on three separate occasions over like the course of ten days. And the first two nights were surprisingly mild. So just because you take ayahuasca doesn't mean you're going to have an extremely profound experience. You it might not be there for you. It, it it it's possible that they call they call the spirit of ayahuasca you know the grandmother ayahuasca. It's it's got this a nature that is you know comparable to a to a, a wise grandmother and it's possible that the grandmother might not have anything to tell you it, it might not be time for you to have that deep experience so the first two nights for me were very mild and almost nothing happened so the third night everything changed it was it, it was you know extremely deep experience. And the the way I I would describe it is that I felt, because you can have some visions that are not always pleasant. And I felt basically a a war that was waging all around me. Like, and it was, you know, so my father was in the military and my father um, fought in the Vietnam War. Both of my grandfathers were in World War II, and they fought in World War II. And who knows how many generations of men in my family lineage had had fought in a war. And that trauma gets passed down from person to person, from generation to generation. And I had never really noticed that before. But in this ayahuasca journey, I felt all the wars of all my family lineage being fought all around me at the same time. And I was caught up in this battle that was, that was eternal. And it's like, and it was very uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't want to fight, you know, I don't want to to be here. I don't want to carry on this pass on this trauma that's been passed down over generations. And the the funniest thing happened. Uh, I'm a big music fan, and uh, David Bowie appeared to rescue me. (laughs) It's amazing, and 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 that's really what happened. And uh, and essentially, because if for those who don't know, David Bowie was always changing his identity, and it was always like becoming a different character. And he was playing different characters and changing his style of music and always in the process of transformation. And the the lesson that he came to give me was that, you know, just because you used to be someone or just because you inherited a certain, you know, trauma or, you know, lineage, you don't need to keep that. You can always become someone new. It's And it was, he was, it was just very clear like that. He's like, just Mm -hmm. become someone, just become someone new. And that was a great lesson because of course, you know, letting go of your trauma isn't as easily done as just becoming someone new, but that is a good place to start to know that it is possible. You can, you can set down your baggage and just decide to become somebody new. And of course there's work involved in that. But it was a great inspiration that just because you used to be somebody or just because you inherited a certain, you know, certain baggage, we can choose what we allow into our lives and what we kind of pass on to the next generation. That was a very empowering um, message that I got at that (laughs) in Peru.
0: That's amazing, I love that message. It's so interesting how ayahuasca does bring up the lineage so much. I think that's something that this grandmother of ayahuasca really has to teach us is how connected we are to our lineage and how much that lives on in our DNA, and that we can break the pattern. We don't have to take all of that baggage with us, but it's there until we decide to address it or not. It's really there can cause anything from panic attacks to health issues depression this is how I feel um, so I think that's amazing and David Bowie came and rescued you that's fantastic yeah and
1: and, and I told the shaman that uh, the next morning and, and he and then he, he told me that you know David Bowie was like a mystic and a magician and mm. that he and even in his life he would kind of traverse these worlds and he had a connection to the um, you know, the, the mystical. Yes. And if, if, if anyone was going to show up at an ayahuasca experience, it's probably him.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. Yes. I mean, I believe it. And time doesn't exist the way that we think that it exists. So he was there. He was really there. I think it's so cool. There's no greater honor than when people send me a message and say that I showed up in their ayahuasca ceremony. I got, I probably get one of those messages once a day. And I know that my soul is in that realm. I feel so, so, so tied to the medicine. And when I've even done things like psilocybin, I've seen um, something that you were saying, like kind of how your role in life fits in with the other people in your life. I've seen, oh, well, I'm a grandmother. I'm like a great, 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 great grandmother that's why I feel so different. That's why I feel so old. Um, I even have like the aches and pains and the sicknesses and stuff, and it all goes hand in hand. But then I I love it because I feel like I'm surrounded by all of these, these young puppy souls in my life is, is kind of just the way that I put it. And it's brought me so much clarity.
1: That's so exciting. and And you're on the precipice of uh... In the real world, being a mother and and starting that real, you know, path to being a grandmother and being an elder and being uh, an ancestor to the descendants to come.
0: Yes. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. This little boy is coming through. It's so exciting. It's been hard for the last eight and a half months to... To not do any psychedelics or anything, which, you know, some people in traditional cultures, they do sit with ayahuasca when they're pregnant. I think that's so beautiful. I just have chosen a more cautious path for this first pregnancy, which I never thought because I'm not a cautious person, but I've definitely chosen this more cautious path. And I'm excited to give birth to this baby and kind of give birth to a new part of myself and then also return to these medicines that have been so healing.
1: Yeah. And, I, um, me too, you know, I just, it's been such a, um, it's been such a, a year of trauma. And one thing that I did, uh, just a couple weeks ago was uh combo. Uh, and that was a whole new experience that was, mm-hmm. um, very different. Uh, It was a medicine that is not psychoactive. It's not visionary in any way, um, but it it, it induces uh, some pretty extreme purging and
0: very physically intense.
1: Yeah, I I felt a lot of, um, you know, because they they burn you and then they put, you know, uh, frog secretion onto the burn and it's not. Physically pleasant, but I did feel a certain um, I felt such a release, and even now, I feel like there's something that left me that was more than just you know the, the the water and whatever it is that I purged there was something energetic or spiritual that left my body, and I feel a certain emptiness in a good way, like there was something that was not serving me that was like energetically stuck in my Stomach,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and it and, and and that has gone away, and it's um, I don't know what it was, but you know it's such an important time, you know, and and to to heal, and I think that plant medicines and things like combo are are one way to heal. They're not the only way to heal, but it it, it is funny how these medicines are coming into our consciousness as uh, a society right now at a time when I think. We're becoming aware of our traumas we're becoming aware of the the different ways in which the world is hurting and different ways in which we are hurting and these medicines and others even just meditation or yoga or you know even diet um, we're all being called to kind of look at where we are not well and and to address that and I think the best way to heal the world is to is to heal ourselves first, and that means something different for everyone. Um, but it's it's uh, it's a special time when I think people of you know in in this generation are being called to kind of transmute that trauma into love, and um, and it's kind of an important calling that so many of us have, you know chosen to engage in during this lifetime.
0: I couldn't agree more. I know it's, it's, it's so fascinating to see how much more widespread these plant medicines are getting all of a sudden. Even four years ago, when I was talking about this stuff, it was just not as talked about. And I would get emails from people, this is so dangerous. I cannot believe you're talking about this. And now I mean, it's kind of everywhere. It's, it's for, better, for better or for worse, but probably for the better, it's, it's really accessible. And yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. This is part of our mission. We're here to spread love. You're definitely spreading love and so many high vibes. It's amazing. So I want to ask you some of the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show. What are your sun rising and moon signs?
1: I am a Cancer Sun, Aquarius Moon, and uh, Capricorn Rising.
0: I love it. Oh, my gosh. So, when's your birthday?
1: 7-7. Seven, 7-7. Seven.
0: Seven, seven. What a lucky mm-hmm. day. And we're talking yeah. on 11-11. For people who don't know, because this is going to come out in probably three or four weeks, this is 11-11, and you're born on 7-7. Seven, seven. And then your Aquarius Moon doesn't surprise me at all, because aquarius is you know are out there talking about the things that are a little bit taboo and different and leaning into that is a huge part of what you're here to do so that's amazing
1: yeah and i just discovered fun. i just i just discovered what my aquarius moon means because I, I i'm not an expert on astrology and what does I, it mean I, to you well just what you said just like mm-hmm like living outside of your head and just kind of like connecting the dots and being a little bit disconnected from the emotional realm because you're kind of up here in, in space. And anyway, that, that really helped learning about my Aquarius moon really helped me understand myself better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm an Aquarius rising. So I definitely relate and Aquarius North node, which is the path in this life. Do you know what your north node is?
1: No, I've had some readings, but I, I don't remember all of my the details mm-hmm. of my chart.
0: I know. it's So there's a lot of detail there. There's a lot to think about. We'll have to check it out at some point. Do you know your human design?
1: I know that I'm a generator, but I don't remember all of the numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're a generator. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you a uh, night person or a morning person? I like
1: both. I, I, I don't like sleep. I, I, I like sleeping, but I like to stay up late. So I, I, I'm probably more of a, a night person, I would say.
0: Love it. Coffee or tea?
1: Both. I love herba mate. I start every, my, my, like that's my writing drink. So I start every morning with uh, like a big thing of Herba Mate. And it's like tea, but it's a little bit stronger and it just feels really earthy. And most of my writing is fueled on Herba Mate.
0: Wow. And what's your writing process? Do you write every day? Like first thing in the morning, what does it look like?
1: Yeah, I, I, I give myself space and time for creativity every day. It's typically in the morning because Once the day gets going, there's so many distractions. And I think that for me, the creative process is about opening my channel and opening my intuition and letting things flow in. I try not to force it too much. So in the morning, I think we're just a little bit more sensitive to that channel. We're not as distracted. So I'll I'll just turn on some like instrumental music, have my Herba Mate and i really just get into almost like a meditative state where i'm just like what is trying to come through what is what's the message that i'm trying to pick up on and i just let that lead me and you know there are certain days where nothing shows up and that's fine i don't put pressure on myself to have like a certain word count or anything like that but then other but then certain days i'll get like five ideas you know come through so I just kind of, um, it's kind of like channeling where I think that the best ideas come through, you know, subconsciously rather than consciously. Okay. So my most important aspect of my creativity is, is just to cultivate my intuition and just to try to keep that channel open and, and learn to listen to that space. That's beyond my thoughts.
0: hmm I love that so much, and so you moved to Austin during the pandemic from Topanga, along with so many other people moving from California to Austin or California to somewhere. Um, how do you like it? What well, how what it, how does it differ from here?
1: Yeah, it's really great. I mean, well, f- first of all, we left. My my partner Britta has great intuition, and and we left. Um, New York City, uh, a few months before the pandemic started, so we got out uh, just in time because we were living in a one-bedroom, you know, apartment that we would have been stuck in. So we ended up being in Topanga uh, for, you know, the whole year when LA was really locked down, and that was a blessing because we were living in nature. You know, they tried to close down. The hiking trails in Topanga, but like we had hiking trails in our backyard that we could access all the time. So it was such a blessing to live in Topanga, you know, by the ocean. Um, it felt like after living in New York City for so long, the universe was giving us like a, a year long spa day just to take in the California sun, you know, the healing um, salt water in the ocean. And it was such a blessing. And I would have been happy to stay there and it was again just an, an intuition that told us to move to austin and, and neither one of us had ever been here before we didn't know anybody here at the time and we just decided to take a leap of faith and move here uh, for no reason other than that's what our intuition was telling us and it, It's been such a blessing. Uh, I've met so many amazing people. I've, I've, you know, once you get a certain point in your adult life, it's supposed to be harder to, you know, keep meeting new friends. (laughs) But I found it so easy to meet friends here. There's definitely like a, a strong spiritual community here and a very conscious community. You know, people that are into all, all different types of spirituality and, you know, psychedelics and cryptocurrency and all these things that are kind of like the next level of where we're going as, as a society. So, uh, it feels, it feels at home. It feels like a safe place to be right now, but I definitely am a little bit jealous uh, that you're still enjoying the,
0: <laughs> yes. the
1: California sun.
0: The weather is pretty unbeatable, but Austin yeah. sounds incredible and I would love to, to, use the two for all those different reasons and get all the the positive elements of both that's amazing that she had that intuition and that you guys left when you did and i actually i've met your is she your fiance your wife
1: yeah she's we're, we're engaged
0: okay that's what i thought um yes i have met her i got a facial from her she's an incredible facialist like skin guru I absolutely loved meeting her. And I think that was right before you guys moved here. And I was so excited that she was moving here. And then suddenly, you know, the world was, was wild. Um, but Topanga is a special place. And we've been looking there. We're looking for, for a place to live there. We live in Brentwood, so it's not too far. We can go over there all the time. We go to Malibu all the time. But it's kind of hard to know. My, my intuition keeps telling me just wait just wait. And so that's what, why we've been in Brentwood this whole time. Cause I keep having this sense that something is changing. Like for me, obviously with the family, with the family stuff, but, um, in terms of like where the best place to live is, we're just going to see it's going to present itself.
1: Yeah. Just follow that. I, I have friends in LA too, and I, I've tried to recruit them to Austin and they're like, you know what? I feel like I just need to stay here. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because, you know, the we need, you know, good people and, and, and healing type of people uh, in all of these cities. And and, 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 and and L.A. might need you at this point.
0: Yeah. I've had friends who were traveling all year trying to find where they wanted to live, conscious, open places. And a lot of them have ended up back here. Because they realized, oh, LA needs us. And it's, mm. it's really beautiful to see. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I have no idea, but that's just, that's just part of this journey, I suppose. But I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy for everybody in Austin. It seems like such an incredible community.
1: Yeah, we, I, I'd, I'd never expected to live in Texas. Um, we're taking like less dance lessons to learn the Texas two-step You know, uh, (laughs) it's uh, it's we're we're, we're going to some of the honky tonks around town. So I didn't expect to be here, but um, no, it's it's definitely charming.
0: Yeah, that's so fun. I love it. And so tell everybody where they can find you, obviously, about the new book. I mean, it's so incredible. We could talk so much more about the book, too. Um, Everybody needs to get their hands on it. It's it's amazing.
1: Thank you, Jordan. So my main platform is Instagram. You can find me at words are vibrations and then just hit the link in my bio and you can find my podcast, my book, my first book and you know all those other amazing things.
0: Yeah, I know now I need to read your first book. And I was listening to your podcast episode about how you manifested your book deal before having any followers. So for everybody listening, anything if something is meant for you if something is aligned with your soul it will happen and you're such such a good such a good example of that so thank you for being such a healer and such a light worker and for sharing your light and for chatting with us today
1: thank you so much for having me on jordan i really appreciate it it's been a pleasure talking to you
0: yes it has been so fun All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I loved talking to James. I honestly learned so much from him about everything from technology to poetry to virtual reality and more with his incredible ideas, and I just really, really loved talking to him. I love talking to him about how he likes living in Austin. I love talking about his writing process and his creative process and everything in between. Like I said, when we recorded this, I was just so, so, so very pregnant. Still am. I'm feeling all the brain fog and really wasn't feeling my best. Um, So I'm really extra grateful that he was just so seamless and easy to talk to, and. Yeah. Pregnancy is interesting. You're always like hoping that you're going to get more energy at a certain point in the day. And then if it doesn't come, it's such a bummer. And if it does, it's amazing. So that's just kind of the experience that I've been having. We have just a couple more weeks of episodes coming out. It's so wild and so crazy. You guys, I can hardly even believe it, but I'm feeling really, really thankful to all of you. And yeah, just a few more weeks. Of episodes before I take my maternity leave and baby boy comes, and I know that Jonathan and I are probably going to do an episode together, probably or definitely going to do an episode together before um, before that time comes, and kind of just update you guys on what we're thinking with the maternity leave and the time off and all that. And I also want to thank our sponsors for today's episode so, so, so grateful for our amazing sponsors. We have for today, we have Saqqara Life plant-based meal delivery service, code BLONDE20 for a discount. We have Art of Tea, the best tea ever, code BLONDE for a discount. And we also have Cured Nutrition, the best CBD out there, code BLONDE for a discount. All of these, by the way, make incredible gifts for the holidays. And when you guys when you guys purchase with my link, it is so helpful. Um, it really keeps the show going. It supports the show. You're supporting these small businesses. These amazing brands are stuff that I use in my daily life all the time. So fantastic. And lastly, if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, send me a screenshot to Jordan at The Balanced Bond so I can thank you by sending you my Soul on Fire yoga ebook as a gift now. With all of that said, I hope everyone has an amazing soul on fire day and I cannot wait to talk next week. Happy December.